at Psalm 121.1, the psalmist said this, I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills. Now there, when I read that, I was just sitting over there thinking, uh, I see lifted eyes. A man's going to have to lift his eyes and look somewhere. If he, outside of where he's looking in his trouble, if he's going to get any help for his trouble. If you just keep looking at your problem and looking at your circumstances, you're going to become mesmerized by them. And before you know it, the devil will talk you into keeping them because he'll tell you you can't get rid of them. You can't lift your eyes to the government. You can't lift your eyes to religion. I told a man that today. You cannot look at structured religion and find the ingredient of hope because it's full of hypocrisy. But when you look at the cross and you look at the hills, where your help comes from is where Jesus is. I see lifted eyes. Then notice what he said. I lift mine eyes unto the hills. From whence cometh my help. There's some loose energy. When you start looking somewhere where hope is found, you'll find that hope loosed in your uh, direction and God will fill your life. Let me say this. Most people, when they see a hill, they consider it an obstacle. Most people, when they see a hill, they consider it a barrier. Most people, when they see a hill, they do not look at it as a benefit. But the psalmist did. Notice what he did. He didn't see it as a hurdle. He didn't see it as a barrier. He didn't see it as, a, as something that was holding him back. He didn't see it as some kind of a difficulty. He said, I will lift mine eyes unto the hills from whence cometh my help. Now, how does a man... Look at what seems to be an obstacle out there looming in front of him, stopping him from moving further. How does he get help out of it? Now, that's what we're going to talk about tonight. Help from the hills. While I pray, turn the fans, Brother uh, Brent, on those two air conditioners so it won't sound like a Presbyterian church in here to me, all right? I have those things fixed where they are a noise for a reason. If you'll bear with my uh, psychological problems, we'll pray. Our Father, I want to thank You tonight and bless You and praise You and give You glory for everything that You've done for us. Tonight, Lord, the music has been an uplifting experience for me. I have enjoyed myself already being in the house of God with God's people. I, 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 tonight, I, I, I'm not going to because I want to hang around as long as I can. But tonight, I could leave now and say it's been good to have been in the house of God. This is the best place I've been all day. Though I've spent much of my day here already, I'm glad I get to end my day here tonight. I pray this evening, Lord, you'll bless Miss Ruth Willis and help her to be back at work soon. I pray, Lord, you'll help uh, Ashley Wilson hospitalized in Aiken. I pray tonight, Lord, that you'll help that one that slips my mind or does not uh, come to recollection. 
But I'm glad I don't have to have a sharp mind. i got a sharp Savior. And I pray for that one tonight that needs you most. And I pray again for the two men I talked to today about Jesus as pinpointed as you can get. I pray they'll make a decision in a positive vein for God. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. You can be seated. Every child of God in here can benefit from the hills that you are subjected to. Because the Bible says, I will look to the hills from which cometh my help. I have no doubt that the psalmist was talking about Mount Zion. I have no doubt that the psalmist was talking about the mountain of Jerusalem. I I have no doubt that the psalmist was talking about the hill on which the temple was built. And I am grateful and thankful that that temple on that hill brought great comfort to David. And David found joy out of the mountains of Zion. I have looked at this verse and come up with three helps tonight that you can get uh, if you'll listen and favor uh, this message tonight in Jesus' name. I want you to see the first help from a hill is strength from the climb. Strength from the climb. You know, the problem with most badness is they don't do enough to develop anything. i got to back up. Let me put it in reverse. Back, back it up and say, we'll put it in neutral again and say this. Most Baptists don't struggle enough. They don't move with exertion enough to exercise much so that they can have strength to know something. But those hills produce help when those hills produce strength. Hills are not put in front of you to hurt you. God loves you too much for that. If you're cursing your hills, you may be cursing your help. If you're mad and confused about and indifferent towards your hills that are in front of you, it may be that you are indifferent towards your help. Thank God for the struggle that comes out of climbing in the Christian life. I used to coach football around here for years. And that hill right out there that they're building that building on, and the hill that that driveway is on. I saw Chris when he was a sixth grader, and Richard when he was in the seventh and eighth grade. I'd make them run that hill every evening until their legs almost cramped. They hated me during August. I mean, they wanted another daddy in the middle of August. But come September, when everybody else was winded, them kids would play up until the third quarter, and bless God, they'd get a deep breath, and they'd stretch real good, and we would whoop everybody's rear end. It wasn't because they were great players. They just outlasted sorry players. And as long as it's jello gelatin and pudding and Shoney's strawberry pie and vanilla wafers and banana pudding and whipped cream, you ain't never going to be nothing but a sweetie pie. But when some struggles come along and some heartaches come along and there ain't no money and there ain't no power 
And there ain't nobody to pat you on the back. And there ain't nobody to reach out and hug your neck. You just got you and what you know and you and who you know. I promise you something. Things will go on, on if you'll go if you'll go on. You know, some, some let me address the college students here. Uh, you verbalize the want to to be a pastor, and you verbalize the want to to be a preacher. Uh, I wonder if you've got the right connotation in your mind what it's going to take. Don't come here and pop up in here and think this popped up here right before you popped up here. Uh, Thirty years. I have labored, I have, I, I have not been the best at what I do, but I have given it all I've had. I, there's a lot better than I am. There's a whole lot more qualified. There are better homileticians. There are better Bible preachers. But I promise you this, to have the ability to stick in there when people are cussing you out. Stay in there when people are mouthing at you. Stay in there when the discontent get more discontent. And quit tithing. And quit coming. And quit praying. Praise God. I'm glad God gave me a spirit not to quit. And it does come from God. Put that in perspective. You come here and can't make a house payment and you want to leave. Thank God I didn't have what you had to get in the ministry. Because if I had a, none of y'all have a preacher. We can't eat. No, you're not eating like you was eating before you left. When you was working at GM. $14, an hour was wonderful. And see, you, you, you've got a great place to look back to, but you don't need to keep looking back when God's giving you a look up front. You need to keep looking where God's plowing and where God's planting and where God's anointing and where God's touching. And if you'll look where God's going and get that crick out of your neck from where you came from. Because I'm going to tell you something. You are not going to make it anywhere if you can't make it here. I wish to God I could say that like it really is. These mountains you're going up against, they're made for developing fourth quarter Christians. There's two minutes left on the clock. It's 12 to 7. And I don't intend on losing. I don't, if I got to whoop a referee after this thing's over, I'm going to win something tonight. We ain't giving up. We ain't giving out. How many times? How many times did I go to the huddle, son, and I looked at you, and I said, Blessed be God, we're going to hurt something between here and that chalk line. Run over them, run through them, outrun them. I don't care what you do. Do it. And they could suck it up. And praise God, they'd win and jump around like it was, it was king for a day. I mean, it was just wonderful. You're never going to be able to jump in triumph if you don't know that God puts them mountains out there to strengthen you. God puts them mountains out there to make people out of you that will not wilt in the sunlight, will not quit when going gets tough, will not lay down when standing up's in order, will not throw in the towel. You'll hold on to it. Can I say something to you tonight? When you look at those mountains... 
there's help in them. And uh, he said, I will lift mine eyes unto the hills from which cometh my help. Daddy, that driveway won it tonight. Daddy, that bank that you made us go up and down till we were sweaty and nasty and dirt and crusted over with red clay, it helped us when the heat was on. And when it was so hot you couldn't breathe. And, and when the difficulties were out there, we was able to make it because of the strength that was in the climb. <laughs> Praise God tonight. I sure am glad to know that God has given us the ability to climb. Doctors will tell you, every time you go to the doctor, they're going to tell you two things. Lose 10 pounds. I don't care if you weigh 9 pounds. They're going to tell you to lose 10 and you can't. Ain't they? Can I get a witness? It's demonic, Steve. As, 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 as wonderful of, a, of an anatomy as you have and a structure as you, let everybody see. Amen. And you go to the doctor and a doctor tells him he needs to improve on that, that doctor needs to go back to college. Somebody say amen. They're going to tell you to lose 10 pounds and exercise. I don't care if you're a UPS man running backwards, frontwards, sideways. Most of them done run their britches, slam off of the knees. You see them? They done walk the britches, slam off of the knees. And every one of them's wormy. That when it comes over here, every time I see him, I say, God, let's pray for him. He's got AIDS or something. He just wormy. I mean, they just run wide open. They go to the doctor. You're just getting fat, man. And you got to exercise. Let me tell you something. I don't know about your weight. I don't know about your anatomy. I don't know about all that. But I am going to tell you this. Take two aspirins and exercise. Because I promise you this. You're in for a climb. You're in for a climb. I had a man today with the Bible open. And I was sitting there talking to him about the Lord. I said, now, I'm going to tell you something. I've told you what you need to do. Do you understand? I don't care if you believe it. You don't have to believe it. It ain't in believing it. I said, do you understand what I've told you? Man said, I, I had a man, a man tell me just a couple of weeks ago, I don't, I don't believe that. I said, I don't care. That don't make no difference. Do you understand it? If he says yes, then he's saying no to Jesus. If he says no, I don't understand it, he's a fool for saying he don't believe what he don't understand. I said, do you understand? I'm not asking you to believe it. Do you under... My job is not to get you to believe nothing. Do you understand it? That's what the Go Club does. It helps people understand what Jesus said about salvation. And I, 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 I asked him today, I said, now, you understand it? He said, I understand it. I said, if... God would take you just like you are, and He will. Do you want to receive Him into your life? Now, I want to say something before you do. This is not in the plan, but I felt like telling this man this. I said, Sir, don't you even lie to God, and don't you lie in my presence by telling Him that you're going to trust Him if you don't get ready for some battles. Because I came in here to testify the truth. And the truth is, if you give your life to Jesus, your sins will be forgiven. If you give your life to Jesus, you're going to heaven when you die. If you give your life to Jesus, I promise you, you're going to have joy unspeakable and full of glory. And if you give your life to Jesus, all hell is going to break loose. 
Let's tell all the truth. I said, now maybe you ought to just keep coming to church until you decide to do that. Maybe, maybe I will. I said, maybe you should if you're not ready for all of what I just Oh, I love that sins forgiven. I like that going to heaven. I like, but, 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 but what are you going to do when you hit that first turmoil and you don't have the strength to climb it? All right? Now, whatever you're going through here tonight, and, and every one of you are always going through something, just like I do and just like I am. It is nothing more than God's loving exercise plan to help you for the next one. For you see, He knows every hill you have to climb. He knows exactly how many heartbeats you have left and how many days you have for. He knows how many hairs on your head. The Bible says they're numbered. And if He's going to take the time to number your hairs, I figure He knows your trials. And why don't you submit to Him and climb as He tells you to? For He knows your next struggle, and He will prepare you for that next struggle in your present problem. For my strength is made perfect in weakness, He said. For when I am weak, then am I strong. What is that? That's when God's power takes over in your life and helps you through those weak times. But you must be spiritually exercised to hang around here long. This is not one of these churches where you hang around long if you're not if you're not structured from struggle. We don't have anything to entertain you to keep you. Uh, we don't have anything socially to keep you. We we don't have contemporary service at eight thirty and regular service at eleven o'clock and we don't have whack bamba woobble waffle whack bamboom over in the corner and we ain't got we ain't, we ain't got little half naked girls up here doing choreography. You see, we just don't. Maybe that will keep people coming for a while. But I'm gonna tell you, the people that are struggling in this society and keep coming to the house of God are going to get the, be the people who get what they need at church to fight the good fight of faith and stay in here because the gospel is still the main attraction. Number two, not only do we get strength from the climb, but we get security from the calamity. <laughs> do you know, God does not put mountains in front of us to harm us, to hurt us, or to hinder us. But He does put mountains in front of us sometimes to keep us from what's on the other side of them. God will build a mountain around your reputation and around your testimony and around your daily activity to keep you from what's on the other side of them. I was, I was told that there is in the state of West Virginia uh, an area where it's mountainous and a hurricane or a tornado, whichever it was, came through there and tore a mile-wide path right down through an area where hundreds of people were hurt, harmed, killed, thousands and hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of property damage. And that thing hit that mountain and started up the side of it and was just plowing a mile wide. And all of a sudden, about halfway up the mountain, it just began to die out because it was just too high. It was too straight up. And the people on this side suffered because of it, but the people on the other side 
didn't even know it was going on. And had it not been for the mountain, they said that thing would have carved a two-mile path through there, and there would have been total devastation and total death and total difficulty. But because a mountain was put up there, it stopped the adversity and saved people on the other side. May I say to you, God sometimes will put a hill in your life to save you. I've told this story before, but it comes to comes to mind. We had a little old lady in our church years ago who was precious, precious people. She was uh, just a dear friend of this preacher when I didn't have many. And I didn't have a a large group. I didn't have stability at that time and the strength that we do now. But we was building this little well-shaped building over here, and she loved to come up here and bring deviled eggs and fried chicken and cathead biscuits and uh, corn on the cob. Uh, there was people who came up here to find out what time we eat, and they just came to eat. They didn't come to work. They, they'd find out when Miss Tudor was cooking. And they'd just come to eat. Good Baptist church. They come get in on the cob and get in on the beans and get on the biscuit. And I'll catch you later, Rev. Little gut full and tummy tight. They'd go on to the house. That was just a testimony to her cooking. She came up here one day and she was getting a box out of a car over there, about where the front door is, where you go into the L shaped building, down about 10 or 15 feet. There was a pile of dirt about this high and, and went over to it. And there was a tube of tin on it going over to some block laid on the floor. We were working inside. She had a rain bonnet on, and I will forget it. She came up on that log, tried to, that plank, and she tried to cross over with a box of chicken. She got about halfway across in that rain. That bonnet fell down her face. She got scared. She slipped off the side of that board, throwed that macaroni and cheese and them deviled eggs straight up in the air, and, uh, and fell and skint all of the skin off the inside of her leg all away. To mid calf, I thought that this woman was bumping eighty. She was late, late seventies. I heard her scream, and I went out the door, and I seen her in that ditch of water, floundering around. And I had no idea of what had happened. I run it and got her out, and I looked down, and she was bleeding everywhere. And I thought, dear God, a mountain. This woman, as sure as the world, has broken her leg. Most of her family would have, if they could have, they would have sued me. They didn't care a thing about her being up here, and they despised with a big D about that high this church. And I got her and took her to the hospital and stayed over there with her and in the emergency room. They went in and bandaged her up, and I thought to myself, I said, Oh, God, I pray that she'll be okay. And I stayed with her into the night, dying I did. We... Got her comfortable, and she went off to sleep, and we slipped off to the house. I came back early the next morning and knocked on the door, and she said, Come in. And I opened the door and walked in. I thought I'd face surely a lawyer. Perry Mason would be at one end, and, and Matt Locke would be at the other, and I'd be on television. So was the world. And, and all of a sudden, she, she was in there by herself, and she started clapping her little hands. She says, Praise God! Praise God! Praise God! 
I thought, dear Lord, you visited with her in the night and called her to preach or something. She said, praise God, you're not going to believe what happened. It was wonderful. It was wonderful. Come here, sugar, and hug me and give me some sugar. And I, I knelt down. She'd always kiss all over me. And, and, and I said, Mary, what is it? What, what has happened? She said, they found out when they was x-raying me. Because of this leg, they pulled blood and found out I was two weeks from a diabetic coma. My doctor said I'd have been dead in 15 days. Her mountain stopped interference and chaos from the other side. I want to tell you tonight, my God knows the way through the wilderness. My God knows what you need. Our God isn't awesome God and He reigns and rules and He is almighty. Give Him glory and pray. Hallelujah. Number three. There's a sighting from the crescent. Number one. There's strength from the climb. Every hill that is in front of you is going to have to be removed or climbed. God usually doesn't remove a whole lot He puts in my life. He just lets me climb it. Because every one of them is structured for the next one. And if I don't climb this one, I can join the rest of the Baptist population and quit. Or I can climb that mountain and get strong for the next one. Strong for the next one. And by the way, in the climbing there is favor. In the climbing there is power. In the climbing there is anointing. In the climb there is glory. Number two, there is security in that mountain because it keeps you from what's on the other side. You don't know what your tomorrow holds. But I promise you this, you do know who holds it. (laughs) <laughs> and I'm having a good time preaching here tonight. I sure am glad God knows how to set a problem right down and call it a mountain and shield you from what's on the other side. And then there's the sighting from the crescent. There's things that you can see on the mountain that you can't see anywhere else. There's vision that you get on a mountain that you won't never get anywhere else. It might be comfortable down by the creek. It might be comfortable down by the willow trees. It might be comfortable down by the rocks, uh, smoothed out and serene by the creek that runs in the valley. But you're never going to see what God has for you to see until you get up there where you can sight what God sees and see what God wants you to see upon the mountain. When you get up on the crescent, up on the top, up on the crest of the mountain, that's when you see things nobody else sees. That's when you see what nobody else wants to see or deserves to see. Anybody who's bellyaching about to climb does not deserve the view at the top. But if you, <laughs> if you want the view at the top, you've got to put it in low gear and climb, honey, because at the top, There is a sighting that you'll see. (laughs) Bless his name tonight. I'm glad to know when Noah 
landed to start a new race of men. He landed on a mountain. Amen. When Abraham uh, uh, was to present his sacrifice to God, he sacrificed not in a valley. He climbed a mountain and sacrificed Isaac. When Moses received the Ten Commandments, he didn't receive them at the rest area on flat land. He received them on Mount Sinai, a mountain of God. Moses received his call, did he not, at a burning bush on a mountain. It's on a mountain where God will let you become and where God will let you see. Elijah uh, prayed 63 words and fire came out of heaven on a mountain. Elijah seen chariots of fire, not down in the valley, but he seen them consume the Syrians on a mountain. Jesus gave his sermon on the Beatitudes on the mountain. Jesus was betrayed with a kiss on the Mount of Olives. Jesus birthed you and I into the kingdom on a mountain called Mount Calvary. Oh, God, I'm tired. Jesus ascended from Mount Olivet. Jesus will step out of glory back on to a mountain, the Bible says, to receive His children home. And when He comes again, Jesus was transfigured, not in the ministerial league of the valley, but He was transfigured on a mountain. Does anybody get what I'm telling you? Stand up with me. (laughs) Thank God I will lift mine eyes to my trouble. Because out of my trouble, I get my help. Can I get a witness? (laughs) I'm going to have to climb this thing, Jesus, but not without help. You're right, son. I got your back, I got your side. And I got your front. I got your top, and I got your bottom. I got you. Here we go. I don't climb, Jesus. We climb. And we climb for strength. Not only that, God, there's security from calamity. If the devil could, he'd have my lunch in his grasp, and he'd have my life in His grasp tonight. But I am kept by the power of God, watched over and rescued by the Holy Ghost. And I have a God of security who's keeping me from calamity. And if anybody in here likes that real good, it wouldn't hurt nothing for us just to shout, Amen! Amen! That calamity thing... I was going to Maiden not long ago. I was by myself. When I'm by myself, I act a little different than I do when I'm with somebody. I, uh, I, I, get, I, I want to get there on time. I want, I want to get there and set up. I want to get there and do what I'm going to do. If I can, listen a little bit early. And I was in them winding hills going up 3, 321 out of Gastonia toward uh, Lenore. Maiden's up there about 40 and 50 miles. And just a winding road going up through them hills. And I got behind a car, and every time I tried to pass him, it was a yellow line. Who, who, who puts them yellow lines out? 
And I'd pull back in, and, and then every time we'd get on straight away, here come a logging truck loaded with hardwood. I thought, well, you know, I, I, I know I'm man enough to beat him, but, uh, uh, just in case, just in case, I don't want to get killed in North Carolina by an 18 wheel. So, so I went back in, and about that time, I'd done everything I could to get by this old man, and I started to go on the grass side and beat him. You know, I mean, just come to that. Let's get in the ditch and see what we can do. And about that time, we topped the hill, and I was just about to pull out, and we topped the hill, and there was a license check. That hill was my hell. See, God ain't help a fool. <laughs> and then there's things you'll see. How many of you ever been to Brasstown Ball? You ever been to Brasstown Ball? Anybody? Y'all ever been out north of us? How about Clingman's Dome? Anybody ever been to Clingman's Dome? Ten of you. Before y'all are liars, I don't know. How about Blowing Rock and Boone? You ever go Blowing Rock? <laughs> How about? <laughs> Mac Bean. Anybody? <laughs> God bless you, ma'am. Amen. I, I was just trying to say it so you could raise your hand and feel apart. <laughs> How about Chimney Rock? Boy, I tell you what, it's ten bucks, but it's the best ten bucks you ever spent. Let's go up there and stand on that guardrail. I went up there and I, I had I felt a real leading of the Holy Ghost look straight up because if I looked straight down I'd have puked for a week. Son, you look off that edge, a little bitty PVC pipe. You know, and you, it's just rickety. And they tell you, lean up close and take pictures. And you look straight off, I mean into the abyss. You, you know, Satan's saying, <laughs> right there you can see him. But I promise you, they tell, I've been through the Poconos in Pennsylvania, preached in, in that part of the country, and got to drive through the Poconos. They t- I never have been to Colorado. I never have seen those those mountains out there. But, man, they, they, they tell me there's places you can see 10, 15 miles. But there ain't none of them low on the ground. you got to climb to get to them. You ain't never going to see nothing on flat ground but flat ground. And other people who are on flat ground. Other people who are scared to climb. <laughs> Eagles wasn't made to peck with turkeys. I don't know why I say that, but I do. It's just a, it's just true. Eagles wasn't made to mess around, mess with turkeys. Are you messing with turkeys or eagles? If you mess with eagles, you're gonna to have to go where the earth looks real small and everything out yonder looks real nice. Your troubles are gonna cause you to get ready for the climb. And when you get to the top and you turn around and look, you ain't gonna say, "Oh, the climb like to kill me." You're gonna say, "Move," <laughs> like Goober. Golly. Let's pray. Father, we love You. And we thank You tonight for Your goodness. We bless You for Your hope and help and strength. And I pray tonight, dear God in heaven, You'll teach us that the hills hold our help.